This episode goes out to anyone who ever went, hey, they know that voice, as we count down our five favourite recurring voice actors. Theme song guy. On this podcast, we let it go, because Hakuna Matata and the bare necessities will always be our guide to infinity and beyond. All it takes is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. We know that life is better under the sea, because on this podcast, we do Disney. Hi there. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Kelly Meehan, and welcome to this episode of Doing Disney. Today we have another Fast Play 5. If you ever watched Disney on DVD in the mid-2000s, you may remember the selection menu with Fast Play, and we skipped straight to the film, so we honour that by skipping straight to our five favourite choices. Today's a topic I've had on the brain for a little while, and I've been very excited to get to talk about. We're Fast Playing through five favourite recurring voice actors. So these are voice actors that have been on a minimum of three different projects or different characters. Uh, some Disney staples, if you will. So I have two amazing special guests with me today. We have Brian Nussbaum and Thomas Scully. Thank you for joining me today. It's great to be here. Very great. Great to be here. Okay, for do my voice actors, especially from Flying Cow Network or my strangest voice actors, I might as well do this. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I love how this is called fast play because that was like a childhood staple. Like Absolutely. that, it was like burned into my memory. You can hear those little jingles. It's Absolutely. a core memory. It, it is a core. Mem- it's a core memory. Start at the beginning. So, as it should be said for every fast play five, there are only a limited number of spaces and many amazing choices to pick from. So hard cuts must be made. Fast Play 5's come down to favourites, as is every category on the podcast, and each person is entitled to their picks. Just because something doesn't make a list doesn't mean we don't like it. I encourage quirky, out-of-the-box choices because the theory of the podcast is to find out how various people do Disney, so it comes down to personal opinion and how you want to make the list. Uh, As said, we are counting down our five favourite recurring voice actors across Disney Animation, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, live action and television. Brian, kick us off with your number five, please. Number five is for live action. I gotta go with Steve Whitmire. People forget like puppeteering is also for voice acting. Like he's done many, many voices like Kermit, um, uh, Beaker, made the Muppet voice cast after the passing of Jim Henson. So there are five Steve Whitmire. Wow, I didn't even think Muppet, so I love that choice. That's great, Thomas. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, puppeteering is. I mean, that's technically his voice acting. Um, and just like everyone on, on on those on the Muppet Show, um, and pretty much any like Muppet show since, just they bring so much talent to the stage because they have to do like they they have to make a, a character so unique, and oftentimes have to make multiple characters unique. So yeah, I yeah, this is I, I didn't think of it at first, but yeah, this is this is a good pick. Any other reasons you like that pick, Brian? I, I like this pick because this is the, the Steve Martin who I grew up with watching the most for the Muppets. He's the very first voice I knew that discovered the the, the other other uh, Muppets. Brilliant, Thomas. What's your number five? Number five. So, so somebody a little bit more mainstream. Somebody who I think has a lot of range throughout uh, Disney and Star Wars. It's Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Um, I just think starting with Big Hero Six, I, I think he gives so like one of those memorable voice performances in a, in a Disney animated film. Um, I regularly hang out with somebody on a daily basis who does the impression of King Candy. Uh, 
you whoever you whoever you are you 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 know who I'm talking about um but yeah between that and even um even in in in, in Big Hero 6 he, he he's he's a bit more is he Big Hero 6 and Zootopia he's a bit more more menacing plays like darker characters um kind of kind of spinning off King Candy and then of course K2 in Rogue One I I I think that's my my personal favorite of his voice roles, just because he he's he's very sarcastic, a lot of dry humor. He's, he's like, "You are being saved." <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I love everything he's done since, and he's slated to do a bunch more Disney projects um, in the future. And I'm and he, he's actually playing Mister Darling in the new Peter Pan film coming out this year or next year. So I'm really excited to see what he does next in Disney. Absolutely, Brian. Your thoughts on Alan Tudyk? Yeah, he made my honorable mentions. Like as as discussed, made a lot of great voice actor acting. My favorite one of his is actually, as I said, King Candy's. His perfect impression of Edwin out the Bad Hatter. Also, love love how he did the voice. He's the voice of a chicken in Moana. Like, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, more. Oh, you just hit on the two points I was going to make as well. I love obviously being a big Alice in Wonderland fan. The impression of Edwin just makes me incredibly happy. But there's still a little bit of his own because it's a much more menacing character than whatever the Mad Hatter was. So when he gets um, in the turbo mode, I I like that. And I think I saw the behind the scenes of the voice recording from Moana and it's like, I went to Juilliard for this (laughs) because he's voicing the chicken. So uh, He does it again with Raya in Tuk Tuk. So the range, like just to have him on there in any capacity, we're going to be seeing around for a very, very long time. He's just an absolute Disney mainstay at this point. So I was very glad to see Alan Tudyk make the list. Uh, my number five is Russie Taylor. So the voice of Minnie Mouse, oh, Huey, Dewey, one. Louie, and other various ones. This is my most non-traditional pick in the sense that's a bit of an odd statement for someone who's been voicing Minnie Mouse since the 1980s. Uh, until her passing in 2019. But I mean non-traditional in the sense that we predominantly play movie trivia. That's where we know our voices from. And Russie's mm. done a lot of the TV side and a lot of the wider universe stuff, so like video games and things like that. So when I looked through her profile, what I found most interesting was she took on a lot of the roles of the classic 50s characters later on. So roles like Fairy Godmother, uh, Drizella, the ugly stepsister, things like that, when they made TV appearances for like House of Mouse or in the Kingdom Hearts games and things, she was the one to um, continue that legacy. And I really appreciate that. But of course, it's the Minnie Mouse for me. I have the softest spot in my heart for that. So that that soft, squeaky voice makes me very happy. And of course, I grew up in um, the original DuckTales times so Huey Dewey Louie and Webby um that the the quacky soft voice like just the the character she is able to bring to those animal-based ones is is fantastic and I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Simpsons as well I know I'm not classing that as Disney just yet but I'm I'm a Simpsons fan so I I miss her very much as as Martin Prince so uh Brian your thoughts on Russie Taylor yeah this this the shocking this didn't make my list like I I didn't know till now like this was a great pick overall. Like, one of the more iconic voice act- actresses also married to one of the original voices of Mickey Mouse, who made all wine. Oh, that, that, that romance is very sweet. When you see the photos of them together, it's it's very darling. Thomas, your thoughts on Rossi Taylor? Yeah, I mean, like, just with DuckTales alone, uh, 
I mean, the Huey, Dewey, and Louie are iconic, iconic mm-hmm. characters. But, but like you said, with Minnie as well, I mean, she's Minnie. I mean, she's probably the most famous <laughs> standalone Disney character aside from Mickey. Um, and, and she kind of re- really made it her own. And yeah, I, but um, yeah, she's incre- in, in, incredibly talented. And I think did uh, definitely deserves some recognition. Absolutely. Brian, what's your number four? Number four is a, a classic voice actor, Bill Thompson. Best known for the voice of Mr. Smee and uh, the Red Rabbit. And mo- most of the iconic characters from the 50s. Also like Jock from Lady Chab. I chose this because I love the voices he does, the characters he, he provides. So, yep, that's my number four. I think that is an awesome pick. This definitely made my short list. Um, definitely an underrated name. It's one until you go looking for it, you don't really see it. But as you said, things like the White Rabbit, Mr. Smee, I think it's like four different voices he did in Lady and the Tramp. Like he was a real big part of that late 40s, early 50s uh, era. So I, I appreciate this pick. Thomas, any thoughts on Bill Thompson and his characters? Yeah, I mean, he's, especially with Smee, because Peter Pan for all its issues is still a, is one was one of my childhood favorites. I thought I thought Mr. Smee uh, is, was was one of the just just the just the, the, the best characters. And I, and I, and as you you get older, you get to you get to understand like oh wait, that's the same person who does this and the same person who does this. And he does like like four or five different roles in Lady and the Tramp as well. I mean, he plays like three like three like three or four of of, of the dogs too. So talk about being well-rounded. I mean, he, he owned the 50s in Disney. He owned the 50s. Uh, so, yeah, this is I, this is a, a very solid pick. Thomas, what's your number four? Number four is Phil Harris. Uh, he, of course, did a role such as Blue, uh, Thomas O'Malley Cat, and Little John from Robin Hood. Um, this is mainly on the backs of, uh, of, of honestly, of Robin Hood because that's, again, that's one of my favorite Disney films. I just I love everything about the movie, and I think him as Little John, I, his 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 back and forth just with everyone else as a voice actor, it's unbelievable. It's it, it's great, and of course the, the 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 mainstream classic of him as Blue, I mean Blue is just one of the most lovable characters in Disney, and Phil Harris was able to you know just just create that feeling of him being lovable and warm and kind. Uh, but also not afraid to be a little a, a, a little fierce and a, a little terrified at times. And then Thomas O'Malley Cat, of course, as well, another great uh, Disney protagonist. So I feel Harris makes my number three. So that's brilliant. So for the nice. same reason, Blue Little John Thomas O'Malley. This is the one I really remember as a kid being like, hey, that's the same one, especially mm-hmm. because um, two of the characters are large bears. So it's very easy to see. <laughs> see the comparison and it is a very distinct voice like mm-hmm. he's really it's not transforming between characters it's really the same voice um for all and because all three have come back to back after one another from the 60s and 70s yeah you you, you do make those comparisons but it's it's a great voice and brings so much life and dimension um especially because all three of the co-leagues are sort of these vagabond happy-go-lucky laid-back characters with the sense of honor and care and compassion for the, the ones that they love and look after. So being able to do those two different dynamics um, brings a, a deeper appreciation of those characters for me. Brian, what do you think of Phil Harris? Yeah, this made my shortlist as well. Like, 
I I love the characters he he provided like uh, Baloo, Abraham Lacey, Jimmy Casey, Dallas Valley Cat. So so yeah, that's a great pick for the number uh, three. So my number four possibly might be on someone else's list is John Goodman. Did that John is Goodman a, make anyone else's? Yeah, yeah, he is my number three actually. Three swaps. Let's do this. <laughs> so um, definitely one that popped into my head straight away. I know Sally is the more iconic character, and there are definitely uh, many different layers and nuance brought to that. But Emperor's New Groove for me and Pacha oh, yes. is the one that I love the most. This is um, definitely childhood favorite. Had it on DVD, you know, back to front, that sort of one. So the softness and sincerity that John Goodman is able to bring to Pacha is unmatched for me. Especially like it's it's a gentle character and the sense of leadership and compassion that John Goodman is able to, to provide through that. Because even though he's a he's um a softer voice character, Pacha's not a pushover. He's very mm-hmm. steadfast and very sure and he shows good leadership sense. He's just very caring. So the the multi-dimension that John Goodman is able to bring to that, not just um big and boisterous, but the 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 um pulled back and sincerity is what I really like. Thomas, this made your list. What do you think of John Goodman? Yeah, I echo in everything you said about Pacha and like like on back-to-back years, he does Pacha and Sully. Two characters that have very soft insides, but like when there's pressure put on them, they have very hard exteriors. So he is able to do it on in back-to-back years for two different characters in two wildly different settings. Uh, and that's range that you can't buy. But I'm going to touch on what I think is one of those more underrated roles, and that's of Big Daddy and Princess and the Frog. Oh, yes. Princess and the Frog is 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 one of my favorite Disney films. It's it's in my top ten. Um, I love everything about that film, and he, it, like, he's not a huge part of that film, but he adds to the atmosphere of New Orleans. That big, boisterous Southern accent, his chemistry with his with with with, with, with not just his daughter but Tiana as well, who he sees as, as like a second daughter. Um, so he he's able to bring that warmth and kindness, but also that kind of jovial southern feel and it all just it, it, it make it makes the film so much better with, like whenever he's on screen absolutely brian your thoughts on john goodman yeah i love john goodman i love the films he he's he's been part of like emperor new groove is my number two favorite film of all time prince of the fog was the most underrated disney anime films of 2000 and i agree back-to-back years 2000 2001 for performances—it's a great, great, great fee for him. Absolutely, Brian. What have you got at number three? Number three is I got Jim Cummings. Like he's most beloved, this uh, beloved characters: Pooh, Tigger, Pete, um, Hondo Naka for Star Wars. All, all the all these characters. Like I'm surprised he he not just legend yet with most out of all the, all the work he's done. So number three, Jim Cummings. That IMDb is stacked. If you go scrolling through that, it no. is insane. <laughs> just picking out a few characters to mention is hard because, yeah, he's just been um, one of the biggest parts of Disney voice acting since, since he's been around. Um, I guess being able to pick up from Sterling Holloway as, as Winnie the Pooh is, is massive and still bring your own, your own touch to it. But just the way he's able to integrate into a bit of everything He's in like every Disney TV show, in the video games, in just in the wider universe. He's just he's there, and he, he does really great. 
Thomas, what are your thoughts on Jim Cummings? Yeah, he's a legend. I mean, I'm pretty sure Disney just hands him a blank check once every six <laughs> months to be like, all right, can you do this? Can you do this? Do that too, and, and, and we'll pay you double. Um, but one of my favorite bits of Disney trivia, and I didn't know this until like last year, he was so he so what, d- during Lion King, he yes. uh, he he sang the last few bits of "Be Prepared" because Jeremy Irons' voice, bless his heart, gave out at the end, so he had to sing the last few notes. Um, that's something I didn't know until recently, but like again, it just shows how much Disney has had this guy do throughout his career. Uh, it's 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 unbelievable and like and he he, he kind of puts all these direct to video mm-hmm. D- disney films on his back because while they're nostalgic a lot of them are great but you mm-hmm. know you're going to get some pretty good voice vocal performances out of it yeah and it's good that he would still be able to be in the main films when they gave him ray for princess and the frogs so mm-hmm. being able to give him a more substantial nice mainstream role so that's very good um, Thomas, we've touched on your number three with John Goodman and my number three with Phil Harris. So, Brian, what's your number two? I gotta go with Patrick Warburton as number two. Like, like I, I love him. Like, he, he does Quag, my favorite, one of my favorite Disney characters. Also, for the TV, he also part of the TV series as, uh, I think he did Buzz Lightyear as well, Buzz Lightyear TV series. And also some of the uh, video games as well, or the Disney Parks attractions. Like for Star Tours, you see, you see his voice in the queue. So Qualcomm is number, for Patrick Wilburn's number two. Thomas, what are your thoughts on Patrick Wilburn? He made my, my honorable mentions just for, uh, right, the boys and the boys for Goose. I, I can't do the, uh, I, I can't right. do it in that waddle. But if you want a good one, hit up Cameron Holtzman. He does a really good uh, Kronk impression. But Kronk is, is one of the, most iconic sidekicks in any Disney film. He's just unbelievably hilarious. Um, he's also probably the best part of Home on the Range. Uh, those those lines that he has in Home on the Range. That movie's awful, but you get Patrick Warburton, so there you go. Um, but yeah, he's he's such a he has such a talented voice. Um, and he's done some other stuff outside of of Disney that is that is highly quotable as well. Um, but e- even just staying in the realm of Disney, he's been great. Was not expecting Home on the Range to be brought up today. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> no, ab- absolutely. I echo everything you guys are saying. Patrick Warburton has one of those absolutely distinct voices where as soon as you hear that character talking, you're like, oh, that's Patrick Warburton. Like, mm-hmm. you, you just know it a mile away. Um, it's got that deep t- tremor. So, like, yeah, uh, Kronk, of course, biggest introduction to Patrick Warburton, and that's an absolute classic character. But um, as you said, Brian, I like that he voiced Buzz Lightyear in the TV series because I'm always really fascinated when you have um, a big actor voice a role in the film and then who do you get to cover it if you want to do sequels or TV work or things like that. So I I guess you always think Dan Castellaneta replacing Robin Williams as the genie. How does that work and shape up? So Patrick Warburton as Buzz Lightyear makes a lot of sense and he he carries it and and makes it his own in its, its own way. Um, and I like that how it's really telling when an actor likes to continue their voice work for things to the parks or to the video games, like how much do they love that character or possibly how much are they contracted to that character. But I like to think it's because they enjoy voicing 
that character at any opportunity or being a part of of the Disney brand. So Patrick Warburton's a great choice. Thomas, what's your number two? Number two is Dee Bradley Baker. Wow, good pull. Yeah, Dee Bradley, like I'm a huge Clone Wars fan. I'm a huge Star Wars fan in general. I'm rewatching Clone Wars for like the 15th time right now. And just like, and he he does all the clones in, in, in the Clone Wars series. And just the one, like my favorite arc in the entire TV show is the four episode arc on Umbara with General Crow. And that is the arc where you finally get to unmask a lot of the clones and dive into the emotions of them on a much more like real raw aspect. And it's, and like, and, and, and they, and spoilers for Clone Wars if you haven't seen it, but Krell turns out to be a separatist in disguise. A Jedi turns to be a separatist in disguise, and they have to essentially take him out. And there's this moment where Krell sends Captain Rex's men to go and kill the enemy. The enemy being another clone battalion who Krell had also sent to, quote-unquote, take out the enemy. And just those moments there of them finding out that they're killing their brothers... That's like 50 different voices of D. Bradley Baker going on at once. And it is incredible. He is unbelievably talented. And of course, he also does Perry the Platypus. So, you know, just by those two roles right there, the man deserves a spot on the list. But, you know, he also did he also did stuff for um, uh, the Lilo and Stitch show. He did a lot of Spider-Man stuff, Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, Voice of the Lizard, I believe, in Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, and then some others in the other uh, Spider-Man series before, in like the, the 90s and, and, and the 2000s. But just, I mean, this, and um, yeah, but this guy is, is he, he's kind of like the, the Jim Cummings, but for Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah. So he, if, you, if you look at his, his IMDb, it is filled to the brim of just superhero shows, Star Wars, Clone Wars, more superhero shows. Um, so he, he instantly came to mind when it came to making this list. Brilliant. Brian, what's your thoughts on D. Bradley Baker? Yeah, this guy's uh, DB is huge. Like, he did mostly the animals, like, various characters. I grew up with him watching SpongeBob, like, his characters on that, and Nickelodeon. And, like, this guy's like the Marvel Star Wars Jim Cummings, as Thomas, Thomas said. That is such an outside-the-box pick, and I love it because that is one name that you see on nearly the credits of everything. It won't be the top few listed, but it will be in there somewhere because the amount of animals, monsters, bad guys, creatures, everything, fish, fish just, he's, he's just there. Um, my memory would be Teen Titans, as so we've talked mm-hmm. um, superior TV shows, but, like, reading that name and being like, oh, this person voices that and that, and then going to Justice League and just Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, every, this guy is everywhere, and it's not a common name. We still, maybe people will know a Jim Cummings name, but this is like a workhorse working voice actor, real deep cut, so I very appreciate that. My number two is Verna Felton, who's the voice of the fairy godmother, Queen of Hearts, and Flora. So this is an absolutely easy one to make the list for me. It blew my mind to find out that the fairy godmother and the queen of hearts is the same voice because you could not get two completely opposite personalities, demeanor, everything. So to find out that, like, oh, my God, the people that voice the good guys can also voice the bad guys, like, very much that sort of sort of thing. But um, D. 
different to how I mentioned Phil Harris, there is difference and nuance between the characters, even if they're similar. So if you have uh, Flora from Sleeping Beauty and Fairy Godmother from Cinderella, two um, older matriarchal um, kind characters, but there's enough nuance in there to separate the two because the voice that Werner Felton gives each one uh, brings the characteristics of those characters to life. So the the kindness and gentleness, but the forgetfulness that she's able to portray through Fairy Godmother compared to the more undercutting, slightly salty that she can give for Flora because Flora can be quite shady in some of her responses to Meriwether, the, the differences she can give. And, of course, the absolute bravado and theatricality that she brings to the Queen of Hearts, how she bellows, absolutely bellows off with their heads and who's been painting my roses red. I love any voice actor that like makes it in the R's. Like, you know, that's a very classically trained person if they go red. So, um, and then she pulls back into a very soft, sweet tone when she's speaking to Alice. Curtsy, dear, should always be curtsying. So the, the dynamics and range and differences in the performance there is great. And I've only just chosen a few of those characters to highlight because, of course, you've got Elephant Matriarch and uh, Winifred from The Jungle Book and Aunt Sarah from Lady and the Tramp. But these three, I think, are, are the biggest, boldest, best showcase of, of Werner Felton. So, Thomas, what's your thoughts on Werner Felton? She also does uh, Mrs. Jumbo in Dumbo. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but, like, it's it's a very, it's a very small role. But, like, but like you said, she does those matriarchal roles very well. And then she can just snap into a whole new dimension and be just the biggest bitch you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> I mean, my God, she is, I mean, she is, I just believe like, like the, the, the Red Queen is my favorite character in Alice in Wonderland, I, I think. I'm not, the, I'm, I'm not as high on that movie as a lot of others, but I think the whole stuff with the Red Queen is top tier, is, is, is top tier material just because of, of her vocal performance. And just all these other roles that she's the only comments like Fairy Godmother. Everyone knows who Fairy Godmother is. So <laughs> you have the most iconic characters of the of fifties Disney under this one woman's belt. And Absolutely. it's unbelievable. Absolutely. Brian, what are your thoughts on yeah. Benefelton? For me, she she actually made my, my she's actually been number six on my list. Like I, I love her performance as her her vocal rage as the evil as the Queen of Hearts. Like, like uh, her reactions to it to such, especially the trial sequence toward the end of the film. All and like voice as as Sarah, the fairy godmother, Flora, and also voice like Will's mother and the Flintstones as well. People forget about that too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Outside of Disney as well, she she voiced some really good characters. So, yep. Oh, we're all the way to number ones. Brian, what made you number one? Paul Dama, Quark, Eartha Kitt's my number one, number one. Yeah, really brilliant. Yep, I I love her vocal range, like her her mannerisms with Quark, especially the TV series as well, like her disguises and her plans. I love I love all the scenes with her and. Like perfect, especially how she, her vocal range as a cat. Is that my voice? Is that my voice? <laughs> yep, and her, especially her as a bird, like a, a being a bird in the second second one, and also her her deleted musical sequence from Emperor New Groove. It's, if you haven't heard it, it's perfect. I heard it recently for the first time. I'm 
I'm sad it didn't make the film, but I guess Embers and Group's very much not a musical, didn't have the big musical moments, but the sort of um, cabaret-esque vibes to that song, it could it could have worked. Thomas, what's your thoughts on Eartha Kitt? Yeah, she, this is one of the most iconic, um, this, this is one of the most iconic vocal performances ever, I think. Um, she was able to combine true villainous with comedy and just satire and like just 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 it just, just like the 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 script she's given with Emperor's New it, it's a perfect marriage it's a perfect marriage with her vocal talents and what they were going for for the film um and I would be remiss if I didn't also uh, mention her 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 uh, role in Holes even though it's it, it it is live action she is very good in her in her screen time in Holes but yeah I love her in Emperor's New Groove and wrong lever why we had the lever. I don't even know why we still have that one. <laughs> oh, perhaps a cup of coffee. It's just like the little way she says the things. Like, it's not even the major lines. It's the little bits and the, the personality. It, it's the inflection. The inflection. I know, like, that the is... first part <laughs> Never. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, coming to Emperor's New Groove as a kid, this is the first time I'm hearing about the kid. I hadn't seen Batman 66, I think it is, like the original series when she's, she's Catwoman and, and whatnot. And I, I need to see some of it. And I hadn't heard like Santa Baby, which I have now. So, but like things like that. So, this is my first introduction to Eartha Kitt. So, this is this is just iconic. This is what's burned in my brain, as as we've mentioned, the inflection and, and the, the way she just delivers the lines. It, it is a perfect marriage because that's a character that that could maybe not work, you know, if you didn't have the right voice actress behind it. So, what she brings to to is absolutely brilliant. Um, Thomas, what's your number one? Number one uh, is a man who, up until uh, the end of 2020, had appeared in every single film in this franchise, John Ratzenberger. I had to make it. So John, happy. Thank you very much. John Ratzenberger. <laughs> Look, this guy was a pinnacle part of, of, of my childhood. I'm like, I mean, I was a huge Pixar fan, so like every fifth movie I watched was, a, was another Pixar movie. So every week I'd be hearing Ham or The Yeti. Or uh, Mustafa Underminer. from Ratatouille, or you just, 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 or the Underminer, or just whoever. I mean, he is so like, just, just going from Ham, like, like characters like Ham and the Yeti, very like sarcastic, joking characters with like a, a lot of dark humor. And like as I've grown older, I've kind of like adapted to that dark humor a lot more. So his vocal performances have just slowly become my favorites in all of these films. And then he does, and, and then he does stuff like um, Mac and cars being very kind of like gung ho and a little scatterbrained at times. And he's great there. And then he does stuff like Mustafa in, 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 in Ratatouille where it's like a, a, a combination of all that, where like he has the like Rassenberger with a French accent. You don't think it works. It works. And it works real, real well. But yeah, he is, he just does. He's just incredible. I mean, ever, ever, like all the all the vocal performances, and, and even if, and of course, pop a bit of trivia. He, he he's an Empire Strikes Back as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but just for Pixar alone, and the range he's able to have with all these different roles, and the way he's just able to like just bounce off of everyone else that's around him in that studio, 
it's unbelievable. So purely for just being a big part of my childhood, he he's my number one. Do you have a particularly favorite role? It's uh, uh, like honestly, pro- it, 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 it's probably Ham because I, I've I've grown much I've grown much more in kind with his dark humor as I've gotten older. Um, it's it's great. Uh, John Rassenberger, absolutely legacy pick. Had to make the list. Very happy to see it. The only thing that bothers me slightly is like I wish we had bigger roles like Ham. You know, mm-hmm. they, the roles kept getting smaller as the movies went on, and I, wish I, I, I feel like his voice is. I feel like his voice is so unique that if you put him in a, mm-hmm. in, a, in a in a large role like that, I don't know how you would center a whole ninety minutes around around a character voiced by him. So I, I think he's a lot. I think he's really in his element when he's just spouting off one liners here and there and just adding to scenes instead of being the scene. Fair point. But um, yeah, absolutely. Just the um, body of work alone and similar to what we're seeing with Alan Tudyk and Disney is John Ratzenberger Pixar. Like it's, it's iconic at this point. Brian, what are your thoughts on John Ratzenberger? Yeah, I'm glad he made this. Uh, my favorite role of his is actually the bubble so bad. His like, welcome to the hip of the Stockholm. I also like to, how the other cars like they make fun of the same voice over and over and over again with like Thor Story, Boss's Egg, Find Nemo, and how Mac is reacting to it says, Hey, this is cheap, like uh, same guy over and over again. (laughs) That's that's probably probably his best like individual scene, yeah. The meta ness of it is great. Uh, so my number one. Is Sterling Holloway, voice of Winnie the Pooh, Cheshire Cat, and Carr. I very much lean towards the older uh, 40s, 50s, 60s. I just love the range. And this this guy's just, it's an absolute iconic voice. I hate that I'm throwing that term around so much, but it is. Uh, it's funny that the most enduring of his roles with Winnie the Pooh is towards the end of his run in 1977, when he'd been around since the 40s with um, Mr. Stork and Dumbo and Adult Flower and Bambi. So just those earlier really small little roles, but all the different characters still have different personality that is enhanced by the voice because it's a very, very distinct voice in the fact that it's soft, almost whistling in a sense. So it just seems to adapt and suit each one. Uh, Of course, I'm very partial to Cheshire Cat. No surprise that my top two come from Alice in Wonderland. Your theme song anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Clips and everything. But... I'll single that one out in particular because it's the most arranged performance because he's allowed to be let loose the most because the Cheshire Cat is so playful. So he's really just there to stir the pot, especially towards the end with the Queen of Hearts. So you're not just getting that soft, um, gentle voice, but because you're toying with characters, he does show more range and dynamic in that performance as there's peaks and valleys to that instead of one note, which I can sometimes find Winnie the Pooh. But the point of Winnie the Pooh is to be um, caring and gentle and steadfast in that voice. So that's uh, to bring that character to life and still have people basing their performance off of that, like that is the Winnie the Pooh voice, is legendary. So, Brian, what are your thoughts on uh, Sterling Holloway? Yeah, this, this I love love his performances as uh, Cheshire Cat, uh, Evil Pooh, and Jungle Book. Uh, especially, I wish to cast has Rock for the Mouse, and mm-hmm. um, also so that way for some of the package films, like for Make My Music or for yes. Blue Caballeros. 
Yeah, absolutely. He was just all around everything in that era. And yeah, his his narration is very good as well. Like he's got that great storytelling voice. Thomas, what are your thoughts on Sterling Holloway? Guy's a legend. I mean, he really helped make Disney in the early years. I'm not I, I don't know that I mean, without his vocal talents, a lot of these early Disney films when I don't I don't think would be as you uh, as unique as they would be because he just he lends so much to them and of course cashier cat is probably his most is aside from from winnie the pooh his most famous role um he like it's, it's just he's, it, he's just so good it's so good there's just something about it like you really just can't put your finger on it it's sly it's dastardly but you know like you're not in danger. You feel comfortable yet wary every time he opens his mouth. And there it's very hard to create a feeling like that in an animated character. And he does, he does it so well. Especially Charles, the Charles, Charles Burley is toes. Oh yes. It, that gives me very much. I'm um, Gene Wilder in Willy Wonka on the boat vibes. Like that very menacing sing song moment. <laughs> So absolutely. Um, well, let's round off some honorable mentions. Brian, what have you got? Quick list. Yeah, I had I had Eller on the other list. Uh, Tim Allen, Billy Crystal, and Jay Paramalley. Oh, Jay Paramalley, good choice. Very much similar to the Sterling Holloway of um, it being critical in those early Disney's. Thomas, any honorable mentions? Yeah. Um. Uh. Tom Kane, another big Clone Wars uh, uh voice actor, pulling like quadruple quintuple duty in a lot of episodes um and i would be remiss if i didn't mention robin williams oh, yes. um, even, even though he just had really like the, the one it's it's the one it's it the, one. it's the voice role that trumps all other voice roles um i mean like my i mean my name like right now in, in the stream yard is just like one of those deep cut quotes you could pull from Aladdin, like that pheasant vest combo was much too third century. Just, just so, like it's just it's how memorable his performance was because you remember every single line. It it is the one. Like when you make lists about voice actors and animated characters, like Genie and Robin Williams, just it always has to make it. It will never be topped. It's just it is. Uh, I've been very glad to see a lot of my honorable mentions get brought up, like um, Alan Tudyk and Bill Thompson, things like that. A few others I had were um, Barbara Luddy, who does Lady and Kanga and things like that. Um, John Fieldler, the voice of Piglet, oh, yes. and a lot of those other characters. Also, um, as well. Absolutely. And uh, Jodie Benson for Ariel and Barbie, but and then done some other TV appearances as well. So, yeah, very good. Well, Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I had such a good time. This went, went really well. Yeah, this was this was a, a, a lot lot of fun. Any chance I get to talk Disney, especially with someone as infectiously in, enjoyable about it as you, I agree. I have a fun time. Oh, on that note, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time. And when you come to the end, <laughs> stop. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Doing Disney. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Doing Disney Podcast and Twitter at Doing Disney Pod. 